in between, in between. What to do when there is so much change? So much is falling away and you don't know yet what the new will be. So much is falling away and you don't know yet what the new will be. Who am I? A voice questions within your being. Who am I? And what the hell am I doing here? Who am I and what the hell am I doing here? And this makes you nervous and anxious because there is no immediate answer. There is no immediate answer. You are in the in-between. A place of great power, hard to bear. You are in the in-between. A great place of power, hard to bear. It challenges all your thinking. It challenges all that you feel is not okay within you. It challenges all your thinking. It challenges all that you feel is not okay within you. It brings it to the surface. In between is a potent place. It is the unformed magic of what you are capable of creating in your life. It is the unformed magic of what you are capable of creating in your life. Nothing to do. Nothing to hold on to. Nothing to do. Nothing to hold on to. You can only enter by leaving all behind. And you can only handle it by loving yourself. Love will be your protection and will ensure you are creating exactly what you need. You can only enter by leaving all behind and you can only handle it by loving yourself. Love will be your protection. So pet yourself. Tell yourself you are beautiful. Hold your heart and hold your belly. Talk in a soft, loving way. So pet yourself. Tell yourself you are beautiful. And hold your heart and your belly. Talk in a soft, loving way. So that small part within your being hears you and starts trusting you. Call to all your friends in body and not to help you create this new phase in your life and trust and trust and trust that you are in the making and all will be fine. That you are in the making and all will be fine. Even better. You are becoming who you are without your mind knowing. Even better, you are becoming who you are without your mind knowing. In between is a potent place. <laughs>
Oh, I have so many chills. <laughs> so many moments. <laughs> wow, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, do you want to speak to where you were in that space when you wrote that, if you remember? Well, I think it's a reoccurring place. Mm. It's just, um, uh, it's shocking. First time it happens and you think your life ends and you yeah. don't know, you get very lost and you don't know how to make it. Yeah. And then it becomes again, and then at some point it becomes a practice. Mm. So if it becomes a practice, then you are in that that is a really beautiful thing because yeah. you are you're really willing to be in the moment yeah right definitely so the agendas fall away you don't need to be anyone anymore yeah. you're not thriving you're not pushing you're just allowing you're listening um you see something arise you can feel it yeah. So it's kind of a presence that, that develops because you're not so afraid anymore. So the in-betweens are potent places because they start bringing forth all the parts that you don't love about yourself. You have mm -hmm. to befriend them. You have so many doubts. You have so many, you think, oh my God, something's so wrong with me. Yeah. You know, and then you make that, you transform that into a little bit more love, little yeah. more seeds of love within you. And then a ground develops. Yeah. That's the ground. Yeah. So, so I have many in betweens. <laughs> and probably I can tell you the 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 maybe. Well, I can. Well, every you know, parents dying is really hard. Yeah, that's a really and usually, in my case, it's not just one thing. So. Like when my mother died. Mm -hmm. When I, was that? Oh, when was that? I'm really bad with time. Okay. I don't remember the the, the, the numbers okay. like that, but okay. it's probably 25 years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, yes, I was in my, yeah. And um, I got divorced. And then I remembered all these horrible things from my childhood. So mm. it was a gate. It was like the grief and the, the lostness that it brought forth within myself, you know, opened this gate of other things coming out. Yeah. You know, you, you have, yeah. you opened one a little bit of grief and then there's this, you didn't even know that there's this whole string of grief that wants yeah. to come out. Um, so there's a lot of crying, a lot of feeling lostness, but that is what, what makes the ground of love possible. Yeah. So, yeah, I was faced with this and that. And then because I got divorced, I didn't have a place to work. So I didn't know what to do with my work. So everything was hanging in the air. Yeah. And um, I remember talking to my sister and saying, oh, such a mess. I don't, I don't know what to do. And I don't know where to go from here, you know. And, and she was so sweet. She came to visit just to help me feel not so lonely. Yeah. Which is such a gift. That is a gift. Yeah. I'm kind of smiling to myself because I had the exact same oh, scenario really? with yeah. but my father passed. Yeah. And within three months, I ended up finding my way to this divorce. Right? To, yeah. Because I think the death makes you not allowed to live any illusions anymore. Yeah. The truth seeps in and you see it as it is. Yeah. And... 
before you were willing to postpone and mm-hmm. make up another oh but maybe yeah and once that happens you just have you just start out of time and we are now here at episode 100 my friends and you were just listening to Gisela Strohmeyer who was the beautiful poet of of the in between which she shared at the beginning And I met Gisela, she was on episode 53. We met about just a year ago now. And I loved that we we were brought together because of that poem and and then getting to know each other. And and as you heard, we have very parallel stories and how we found our way to the space in between. And, And perhaps you're here because you have a similar story too right, of the space in between. So whether you're here today as for the first time or your hundredth time, or maybe you've been with us multiple hundreds of times, I welcome you here to the space in between. And and today we're taking a look back. We're, We're taking a look back at some of the memories that we've shared with some of our special guests like Gisela. And, and since I've met Gisela, this past year, we've we've been able to perform in between together. I have danced. She she read it. We met. I've met other artists, and we're able to dance and and sing and play with them through through her poetry. But we're also going to look back today with some special guests like Jillian Pransky, who's been my teacher for 15 years, and friends like senior teacher nomad teachers Samantha, Karina, and Juan Carlos. My own grandmother will be on here as as we look back. And and then new friends like my friend Bodhi, who we will get to meet towards the end. So we're just going to take a little trip down memory lane, looking back at the spaces of in-between. And now what we're going to do is sit with Jillian Pransky. Again, she is one of my dear friends, dear teachers, who has been a guiding light for me along my path and and we got to sit together in February of this year she she was on episode 67 and we were looking at the space of clarity in the unknowing so let's go ahead and sit with Jillian and see what insight she has on this clarity in the unknowing it was quite quite interesting how the theme was um, clarity in the unknowing, mm. and <laughs> <laughs> would you like to expand on that? So, um, for our slow flow practice yeah. today, uh, the theme was the central channel of the body. So, using asana to look at the gut, the heart, the throat specifically looking at the psoas muscle on the sides of the spine. And we used asana to address tension um, along that central line, using a lot of twists and side leans and releasing what might be rigid in the tension or gripped in the gut. And using that asana was a way to explore the theme, how we might grip and hold ourselves together and how becoming more soft and more malleable and more open so that we could feel more at ease and more clear. And a lot of times, as soon as we start using the language of clarity, Mm -hmm. often I find that if 
even when I think about like, oh, I want to be really clear minded. Mm -hmm. I want to be really <laughs> clear. I think, well, then I'll know. I, I'm going to get clear. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to know what to do. I'm going to know the answer. I'm going to know the direction. I'm going to know the wisdom. I'm going to know my um, insight. And I was playing with the idea that clarity doesn't mean knowing, mm -hmm. but clarity creates space for actually being at ease with not knowing. Yeah. And allowing ourselves to then stay wide and stay spacious so that we can meet the ever new now with some spontaneousness, with spontaneity, meaning if we, what we need to know will spontaneously arise if we stay open and not think we uh, know how to respond, know what to do, know what's coming, keep control, <laughs> be on a mission. Yeah. Um, and that really interferes with our ability to, to, to stay open to possibility and to stay open to creating in the moment. Yeah. So we use the asana to sort of release the way we grip and hold tension, especially mm -hmm. around the gut, because I see the gut as a place where a lot of our wisdom and intuition and feelings and emotions we cut off from. Yeah. And so if we could create a little bit less tension there, we could create more space and more comfort. Our resources for spaciousness begin to expand. And then that traveled all the way up to considering clarity in the chest center. Yeah. And all the way up, especially through the throat. Yeah, you were saying of the a lot head. of that too. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just thinking when you're saying that I'm feeling it in my body too mm. of when we don't know right in our lives and we think oh, but i have got this and i, I there is there's like yeah. this kind of gripping of yeah. okay i have to kind of pull myself together and that's where we, we yeah do that and, right, and your body language which can't be seen over the yeah. podcast <laughs> which was just exactly yeah. what i feel is you took your hands yeah along the center line around Squeeze. your spine it looked like you were squeezing a rope yeah and you're pulling a rope through the central line yeah. and i find that when we want to know something when we want to be in control when yeah. we want things to be predictable when we want answers, we get smaller along that line and that cuts us off from the very intuition and deep wisdom we're seeking. Yeah. So that's beautiful that we had the practice there. Mm. How do we apply this in our life? <laughs> well, <laughs> like he, I, I, that's what I find, that's for me the most fascinating part of practicing. Yeah. Is that... Um, I practice to remind myself to practice all day. Mm -hmm. like yeah, I love I, that you said that at the end. Yeah. Like that was our warm up. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally get on the mat not to think I'm doing my yoga practice. Yeah. But I get on my mat to prepare my to prepare conditions. Yeah. For me to remember to return to those conditions mm -hmm. frequently throughout the day. Yeah. So I wouldn't apply it to big picture thinking because yeah. our practice during the day really just gives us opportunity to practice in the next hour, which gives us opportunity yeah. to practice in the next hour, which gives yep. us opportunity to practice in the next hour. Yeah. And so I sort of shrink it down to the immediate moment. Yeah. Um, even when I have big questions at hand that are much further out questions. And I'm, I, I too want clarity on the future. <laughs> I too want clarity, you know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I, yeah. I want to know 
what yeah. I need to know and how to make that happen. Right. But the truth is, is we can only meet each moment and how we meet the moment affects the future. Yeah. So how do we apply that clarity? How do we apply that to our lives? When I get off the mat and back into my day, I remember to soften that central channel yeah. over and over again, yep. 200 times a day, <laughs> every time it grips when I want to work out something with my son or I want to work out something with an email or with an, in, an interaction I have with myself about something I'm longing for or want. I just get all caught up again yeah. <laughs> and remember, oh, I just practiced softening yeah. my tongue and my shoulders and my gut and I found space and I found clarity. I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. And how else do I practice in my life? I've, I truthfully set my phone alarm. Do you? First okay. of all, I have a reminder every morning on my phone. <laughs> That's good. Every morning, I have a reminder that pops up. Yeah. Usually at like six and at seven. Okay. <laughs> and then on a harder day, which is probably at least half of my days, <laughs> I set my alarm for every two hours sometimes, if yeah. not, you know, every four hours to remind me to whatever that theme was I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And today it's space. And most often it's space actually, yeah. you know, yeah. just said in different words Yeah. Um, to come back, to yeah. come back, to come back, to come back. Like, yeah. I feel like the best I can do for living my life is to remind myself to come back to a place of like ease and openness. Yeah. And I love that you have been teaching for many, many years, specifically restorative, and that you are still too reminding yourself, remembering, oh. Hmm. I, I have been teaching 25 yeah. years the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, and, and, I, and I'm not offended when if somebody would come to my class and be like, if they didn't come to my class in eight or 10 years yeah. and be like, um, God, she's still teaching the same thing. <laughs> I, working. <laughs> I, well, I used to think that about the teachers who had the biggest influence on me, yeah. Eric Schiffman and Pema Chodron. Yeah. And you can drop in to work with them at any given time over the course of decades. Mm -hmm. And at the heart of their yeah. teachings is the same simplicity and the same, the same message. And it's what's important to them, yeah. which is also what's important to me, which it's is why I go yeah. back. Yeah. And I think people probably would say the same thing of me. Yeah. Um, so they think, so a lot of people think, well, I got that message. I can graduate. <laughs> and for me, yeah. for my life, I just keep practicing the same thing. Yeah. It's how do I re-relax? How do I re-relax? How do I create space and re-relax? How do I back up and not know? And how do I navigate from being open and present? Yeah. And like, I really can't think of any time I veered too far <laughs> from that message, just using different language and yeah. different asana, and different meditation. And that is just a little bit of our time with Jillian. We recorded that back in early February of this year of 2020, which in retrospect is really quite interesting since we were just about to really collectively step into that space of unknowing together with, with the pandemic and the lockdown. So, uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that conversation with her. Again, if you want to hear the full conversation, go over to episode number 67. And now what we're going to do is transition back to one of my dear friends and colleagues, senior nomad teacher, Karina Ricard Farzan. And she, uh, 
shares a tool that was helpful and is still helpful for her of dealing with the space in between of, of transitioning out of old patterns and making space for a new way of seeing life. So let's go ahead and sit with Karina and see what she has to share from episode number 24. But the way we're working through it is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Just how we are learning how to communicate mm-hmm. first with ourselves, but then also finding safe people like mm-hmm. you're a safe person for me. I'm a safe yeah. person for you. And just putting ourselves out there so that we can practice that with the kind of neutral people and then the people that ee, we might actually yeah. have feelings <laughs> for that might actually abandon us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. And I think I told you I have a, a practice that I've been doing of um, I'm just carrying around my little notebook. Yeah. And anytime these patterns show themselves, which is a lot, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it can be, if I don't have, say, you to talk to at that Mm -hmm. moment, or, you know, I don't always want to be, quote unquote, burdening everyone around Mm -hmm. me with what's going on in my head constantly. Um, You know, sometimes I feel like I need to just work through it on my own, but to keep it inside my head doesn't always work the best. So I've just been making little notes of Hey, look, this is a pattern. That's interesting. Okay. Um, oh, hey, there's another one. And it's been really, really helpful just to That's kind of great. get it outside of myself and recognize it as a pattern. And once it's on paper, it kind of doesn't have that same power. Um, yeah, that's great. The, and do you yeah. handwrite it? Mm-hmm. And you were saying to me before, it's like bullet points. Yeah. Since you're just sort of listing them like mm-hmm. a to-do list, but it's... Yep. just as they come up. Okay. Like, Oh, this thought, this thought is a pattern. I know. think about this one a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Because I think this is a good tool for people. Uh, maybe like pass on a month. It's not a that month. long. Yeah. yeah. I remember you yeah. telling me not that long ago. And then, and you have it in your bag. Mm-hmm. I have all it with time. me right now. And Somewhere. then you just pop it out and you write in it. Mm-hmm. Every day I've been doing it. Have, what have you been, how have you been seeing the change like what does that look like the change if there is a change um the change is that there's a lot less anxiety um you know certain things that I can recognize used to cause me a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. you know I might have a moment of it but then you know it's in the little book and it is (laughs) labeled as a pattern and something that doesn't need to um, continue, okay. you know, and uh, it just kind of feels like I'm able to put it down like a lot that. more easily than I once could. I'm going to try yeah. this because I said to you before, oh, I write in my journal. Like that's pretty much all I do is when I write in my journal is about my patterns, but just the way that your approach is I don't know it feels a bit different I used to feel like I, I if like I was going to write in my journal it had to be like this is all the stuff that has happened surrounding <laughs> this idea that I'm trying to get out and let me yeah. write 14 pages well of, yeah it's like an analytical thing but yeah you're just just basically like oh this is the thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know there's something really powerful about that like you said you're just setting it down yeah you're setting or it'll it down be a reminder it'll be like remember yeah remember not to let this get you yeah, you think time. about this 500 times a day yeah you don't have to right yeah. now yeah because <laughs> you already thought about it 400 times exactly 499 <laughs> times mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah I'm gonna practice that cool 
Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, so interesting. These different tools that we have. I know. It's like become fun for me. Yeah. It's work, but it's fun to be able to catch myself and climb out of it. You know? Well, that's where the fun is, is you realize how your power, the power of thought just Mm -hmm. is truly, it is real. Mm -hmm. We are our thoughts. We create our thoughts. And these tools, like you writing down, you know, your, your, um, your bullet points. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking too, of like specifically the here and now I'm feeling that you and I have practiced together Mm -hmm. with Elizabeth and Bruce. That is also a really active practice too. Yeah. And how that, that's what I really practice is the here and now I'm feeling. And that shifted so much, not just my thoughts. Well, yes, my thoughts, but it affected my body. Yeah. You know, I had, and I think I spoke to this before of how I was like in crippling pain. And you've seen me when I had my period, like Mm -hmm. in a fetal position. And now I'm at this point where I practice here and now I'm feeling, and I go to acupuncture but I don't even take Advil. I was yeah. t- taking four Advil every four hours. Jeez. And That's I saw you. I yeah. know. Well, it, you turned the light on for me because yeah. you came over one day and you're like, oh, I have my period. Uh-huh. Can I have an Advil? And I was like, gave you four or something. And you're like, <laughs> you're like I just need <laughs> one. one will do two. it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You're in pain and you're just taking one? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at you amazed. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Something's wrong yeah. here. But that practice shifted because it was the shifting the way I was perceiving the quote unquote pain Mm. Mm -hmm. and um and then it actually started to shift and I don't feel that sensation I'll say now Mm -hmm. and to a point where I forget I'm like oh I should probably put a tampon in (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) because I'm used that pain used to be like yeah that was your warning sign yeah yeah now I'm like oh oh no I have to pay attention to this yeah Anyways, yeah but these tools are life-changing mm-hmm. and it is it's really fun when you really get to see oh my god yeah I think something else that um I've actually learned a lot from you and maybe we've talked about this last time we had the podcast I don't well, remember share again uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is really just the the non-attachment piece of it yeah um, that's something that you say a lot. I'm not attached. I'm not attached. <laughs> I'm like, really? Wait, what? Really? <laughs> um, and yeah, so I have started to recognize that that is a big piece of it yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, you know, these patterns come up and a lot of them are surrounding attachment to things being a specific way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to be able to recognize like, you know what, I have had a lot of people come into my life and go out of my life Mm -hmm. and, you know, moves and changes and all the things. And every single one has made me into more of who I want to be. Absolutely. You know, so if there's a thing that I like right now, that's great. But I also want to remember that it will flow how it flows Mm -hmm. and you know if a thing comes it might go also and Mm -hmm. if it goes that's okay and I have survived up until now and you know more than survived I've yeah you know learned every time yeah and in retrospect you needed that thing to go away for the other thing to come in exactly yeah exactly I don't think we did talk about that okay but I'm glad that we brought it up here 
And if we did, I don't remember, but that's awesome because we're remembering now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I say unattached because I do. I really feel that it's important to set intentions, let go of expectations. Yeah. And I'm not saying I have perfected it. And usually if sure. I'm saying I'm not attached, it's because I'm reminding myself. Yes. To, to <laughs> yeah. So it's, I'm not saying it's so easy yeah. breezy. I have times. not perfected it either, but it, it's one of those things that I'm constantly reminding myself yeah. that, you know, things come and they go. And it's always, it always feels like, um, or at least I'm recognizing more and more how mm-hmm. much, you know, that last experience prepared me for this one, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's, you know, a friendship, a work experience, like Mm -hmm. it's just all, it all seems to just fit in a way that I can't possibly have planned. Yeah. Thank you for that. So that is just a little gem of our conversation with Karina back at episode 24 and Karina was has been a guest several times on the space in between, and we even traveled to Europe last year. Yes, it was last year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and we did a couple of episodes over there, which was a lot of fun. And she is a friend that will forever be a friend, even if things shift and change and people move, like I have. I know that she'll always be there. So I'm so very grateful for you, Karina, and that awesome tool of the patterns. I still find myself kind of labeling things as I see them when they come up. But now let's go ahead and sit with another dear friend of mine and another nomad senior teacher, Samantha Fulton, who um, talks a little bit about labeling her anxiety. I just, I think that you are just so, I just, I always think in tune. That's just how I feel with you. It's just so in tune. And I know you're looking at me like, oh, really? <laughs> no, I just wish I felt that more often. I do yeah. feel that at times. Yeah. And then other times I just fucking don't. Yeah. It's you know? So interesting, our perception of people and of ourselves, because I feel that you are constantly in tune. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said yesterday, like I was saying, oh, you know, my anxiety. And they're like, wait, what? you anxiety and I'm like you don't know me at all and this person does really know me (laughs) I guess I don't I mean which kind of makes me nervous I'm like am I a really good faker or something like I don't want to be a good faker I'm usually pretty like I wear my heart on my sleeve I'm usually pretty open and like people just know what's up with me because I can't hide it so I don't know how I'm like masking my shit but man the shit's there (laughs) I think because you're doing the work you know like it's there and you're being really vulnerable when it is like you're like oh this is me being anxious yeah yes I do oh I I I call it what it is right away as soon as I feel it I'm like fuck here it is again yeah and I think that's part of the you know I've been saying a lot lately and as like my own little mantra is awareness is the transformation Mm. so just putting a word on it like oh I'm anxious right now Mm -hmm. it gives it less power and I think that the person who is anxious like quote unquote anxious Mm -hmm. and is trying to stuff it down it's manifesting in so many other ways sure and oh, so for maybe sure. that's why this person in particular you're saying is like, huh, <laughs> Samantha, she's anxious because you just, you went to it right away. You're like, Hey, anxiety, 
I know you're here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's I I know the times where I haven't done that, and it's shown up in like really ugly, <sighs> ugly ways. Yeah. So I don't I don't like when that happens. I'd rather just call it what it is and face it and and also let it be there like I used to just be like oh my god I'm feeling anxious I can't feel anxious anymore like stop it right away and now I'm just like whoa and I'll say it out loud even to people who you know it makes them feel uncomfortable like (laughs) you know and people who love me and just don't want to see me that way you know it makes them feel uncomfortable but I'm like I don't care I just am telling you that I'm an anxious mess today Mm. and I'll get through it I'll it'll pass but right now this is this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this theme of the box and how relevant that is mm-hmm. because you are like sort of putting yourself in this, like I'm in the anxiety box right now, but just <laughs> by saying that you're outside of it. Totally. Well, yeah. Cause you can't talk inside of that anxiety box and no. you can't reason yeah. inside of that you have to step out of it yeah. to go oh it, look what that like is running back and forth running back and forth but when you just say i'm in this yes. anxiety state it's just freeing you just by that mm-hmm. it's that transformation mm-hmm. and I, yeah i also realize how much what when i can identify kind of what the sources are like oh i think okay i think other people are judging me you know i think other pts are going she's not a real pt mm-hmm. you know and Maybe they are somebody somewhere, mm-hmm. but like I don't need to take that on. No, and it's not yours. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the people that I have in my circle, most people, and I have plenty of colleagues that I've talked to that are so gracious and so open and have shared things with me and given me um, all kinds of tips and tools, and um, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I. I have to trust that they're not judging me. I have to. What other choice do I have? What, am I going to have no friends then? Like nobody to trust, you know? Yeah. Like I'm doing myself a disservice. Yeah. I'm like robbing myself of these like wonderful people who are like, sure, I'll help you out. Like you're opening, you know, a place that is 10 minutes away from me, but you know, sure, I'll help you out anyway. Because we're not going after the same clientele. Right. Like we're not, there's enough fish in the sea. Right, right, right. But there's all, these are also people, yes, you're right, ultrasound. <laughs> um, but there's also, these people also, like, understand that their people are going to be their people. Yep. And my people are going to be my people. And there's enough for both of us. And they're coming from that place of abundance, too, not scarcity. And I don't Good. think that I'd be asking advice from people that, you know, move from that place of scarcity. Yeah. So I have to trust. Absolutely. And so yeah. that ends my own issue when I'm not trusting and that and it's my own issue and that's causing my angst my internal swirling yeah so uh that's thank you for pointing that out uh the place of abundance versus scarcity I'm so grateful for that conversation with Samantha and all of our conversations whenever we sit together that was from episode 29 and Samantha was on an episode a couple of times before that, I believe, and then also once or twice. Yeah, I think she's been somewhat of a regular guest too on the space in between. As I said, a dear friend of mine that always is so uh, vulnerable and showing showing who she is with such authenticity. I'm so grateful for her and that she can trust me to share her with you all. And now what we're going to do is move over to another dear friend and senior nomad teacher 
Juan Carlos Pinero, and he's going to sit and talk a little bit about time and the spiral of time and and where we all are. You know, we we sat together for this episode. Um, I think it was early May. Episode seventy eight was early May. We were in the midst of the lockdown. We probably had a good month or two of the lockdown, or almost into our second month. And he was just kind of reflecting upon where he was at. So let's go ahead and and sit with Juan Carlos. This is kind of like a shift that I went into over the past couple of weeks. At first, it was I went into you know uh, old mind of like I need to protect, I need to be safe, right? Of course. Um, but then it became very okay. This is where I'm at. There's a, there's a shift happening. Where's the new normal? And and I think I'm entering me. I'm entering a new normal in my life where I, I, I'm I'm looking at pieces of my health, wealth, and relationship that I hadn't looked at before. Mm. Um, it's given me an opportunity to have sort of a a cocoon. I'm, I'm very fortunate and privileged that I have a safe home and that I have uh, abundance of food and um, these are things that I can have available to me and not need to focus on building or crewing. Uh, instead, I've had the gift of just pausing and looking at trees and, and just thinking, well, what do my relationships look like and what what can I modify with regards to the health and, and where am I pushing myself in places that I don't need to push? Where do I need to step up and the places that I need to step up in? And one of those places has been my relationships and, and finding ways to to nurture those that need to be nurtured and to accept that some some need to be let go of. Um, yeah. Some need to be accepted um, that the time has transitioned. You know, we, there's that phrase, everybody's in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Um, and I feel like our friendship has been like, multiple seasons you know like <laughs> you know we've been in each other's lives but but you know it's been multiple seasons kind of to see what's what's coming up anew what you know what new gems can we find in the leaves yeah well it's interesting you said that because i was thinking of you uh i think it was just yesterday <clears throat> and, and we did a talk for nomad we did a nomad talk about time as a spiral and yeah, yeah. and I was and I and time has definitely been coming up a lot for me, not just because of where we are with the you know being in lockdown um, right now and in like you said being in our own cocoon and looking at things in a different perspective, but even prior to that, I was also looking at how we see time and uh, and what my teacher who you studied with too, Elizabeth Andy's Bell, mm -hmm. I've been studying with her again, and she's talking about we're about to see experience rather experience the fourth dimension being time mm -hmm. in a whole different way and we see we always see when there's some sort of transformation we always see it in art first it's always being reflected in art first and then our collective consciousness actually you know catches up with it to a certain extent yeah. and yeah. so i was i was thinking just yesterday about time as a spiral because that's what we were looking at and what you just said of we have had many seasons together and i almost mm -hmm. feel like we sometimes we somehow align on that same little spiral moment, yeah, and check in again, and then we go on our own spiral and we come back around to that little check in, that little nudge that is Juan Carlos and Phoebe time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's that spiral very much is like it's an opportunity to ask the question, okay, what what is there to learn now? You know, yeah. what what's a new piece for me to learn? I'm here again, right? So so what am I to learn now? So so for me, I, I've come to the realization that 
you know, as a young boy, having a father pass away, um, my father had um, uh, a, a disease that he needed to be very mindful of how he ate. He needed to be mindful of his physical activity. Mm-hmm. And so that that truly resonated with me as I've gotten older. And so I'm, you know, somebody recently told me you're very disciplined. I'm like, mm, okay, discipline is one way to look at it. But I've realized that it, it, it was guided by oftentimes by fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I need to drink this much water. I need to practice yoga. I need to, you know, go for a jog, but not too hard. Don't run too fast. Don't hurt your knee, you know, like all this. Back. And I've come more into a place, um, you know, maybe this is just the age that I'm into in my life where it's more like, well, these are the things that I do for self-care. And these are the things that I do for self-cultivation. Um, which is the difference between the two self-care is more so like what I do to take care of myself now. That's what many of us are doing. Self-cultivation is what am I doing for myself to grow so that I can mm-hmm. expand and be expansive. And so it's become more like, you know, finding, not getting lost in the fear of, you know, what's occurring around me or within me or getting guided by or allow myself to be guided by the anxiety instead utilizing that as a piece of awareness. It's like, hmm, there's anxiety here, so clearly there's something for me to be aware of. This is a this is a natural biolog- neurobiological alarm system that is telling me pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, when, coming back to the spiral as we go around in our lives and in this spiral-like motion, um, sometimes meandering out of the spiral, but we often come back to certain points that tell us there's something to learn here. There, there's something to be aware of, and. Um, I think what has come up for me fairly recently has been, you know, the the honoring of this life, this gift. You know, before we, we started recording, something I shared with you is for, for a number of years, I, I would share my presentations. And even, even in the psychology classes that I teach um, um, or my yoga classes, like, you know, how precious this life is and how we really get you know, one go at this, um, you know, unless you believe in other practices like um, reality such as resurrection, but we get a go at, at this body in this time, in this way, you know, there's one Phoebe in the world. There's other folks named Phoebe. There may be even some doppelgangers of Phoebe that <laughs> looks similar to Phoebe, but there's only one true you. And so how we bring that, how you bring that out into the world is very precious. Uh, and it's very important to be aware of. But again, not from a place of fear, not from a place of um, anxiety, more so from a place of like, okay, so how am I going to live? And so the question for me has been, okay, so how do I live now? How do I honor my body? How do I honor my life? How do I self-care? How do I practice self-cultivation? How do I honor my my physical and mental health? And how do I accept the reality of no control. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to say little control, but yeah. but no control because the, 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 it's 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 a truth and a reality. You know, one of the things that I was saying earlier is that one of the challenges that I've had is I've had to look at relationships and honor different perspectives on how to manage and how to experience this time now, um, and understand that it's not about this life is not about putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. It's more like playing with the puzzle pieces and saying, "Oh, there's 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 a puzzle. Okay, let's let's figure it out. <laughs> you know, like yeah. let let's see where this puzzle takes us." And I think, you know, going back to what you were saying about the spiral, our friendship, our relationship, I think that's kind of like been the puzzle pieces. Every now and then, we, we we you and I were open to the play of the puzzles and we see what comes up. And I think that's something that 
we can adopt in our lives right now. The opportunity to see, hmm, it's not so much trying desperately to see where this piece fits. It's more so like playing with each other and, and seeing where things go, where things take you, you know, connecting with somebody via Zoom that you haven't talked to in a while or another, you know, um, tele video conferencing system, calling somebody, writing a letter, um, you know, something that the ancients would do, actually write a letter with a pen, <laughs> you know, and, and, and send it to somebody and see what happens. And so I think we're being called, and by we, I mean all of us, are, are called right now to to look at things differently. And, and yeah. you know, I, I want to emphasize it's an opportunity. I know not all of us are going to look at that. Um, but you mentioned the collective consciousness. I think there's a collective consciousness right now of, for, for many folks, of anxiety, uh, rightfully so. There, yeah. There's a lot to be anxious, right? But, but coming back to what I said earlier, that anxiety is a neurobiological alarm system saying, hey, pay attention to this. So in essence, we're being called to, in a collective way, to pay attention to some things that we haven't paid attention to before. Juan Carlos is so true. We have not been looking at this for some time. And I love sharing time and space with Juan Carlos as we spoke, you know, yes, time is a spiral and we keep just finding each other right at that, that time and space that we're supposed to. So that was back at episode number 78, uh, just this May, right when we kind of were about a month into the lockdown. And yeah, I hope to have Juan Carlos back in our next 100 episodes at some point soon when we come back for that. Uh, but yeah, the theme seems to be anxiety and you know, having this podcast about the space in between, there have been times and times for myself included where you know there's a lot of that space of anxiety and, and anxiety being um, the same as expansion, right? When we're in those spaces of between of, of really, um, it's an opportunity, as you said, an opportunity to for expansion in ourselves, but that can feel like anxiety. So these kind of tools of listening to other people and their spaces in between can be very helpful. And so now what we're going to do is transition into listening to a wise one with wise words, my own grandmother, Edwina Burnett or Winnie Burnett. And she's going to share one of her life lessons from episode 47. You can hear the whole whole story of her life lessons over at 47. But now let's go ahead and hear her life lesson. Well, another one of my life lessons is stay close to friends. Even if you move away and you had good friends, keep them. Um, lifelong friends, there's, there's nothing like it. To me, every friend that I have is like a story. And um, following their lives is like reading an interesting book. And I, I, I love it. And I love my friends. Uh, when we have lots of good times together and have known each other through thick and thin, and, and I've lived a lot of places, and I've made a lot of friends everywhere I've gone, and I try to hang on to the ones that meant a lot to me. And <clears throat> Bob, my first husband, was pretty much the same way. And um, I guess my life lesson in that is stay close to friends. You never know when somebody's going to pop up and help you at a time when you need it. And the story that I like to tell about that is when Bob, my first husband, and our three kids... We're living in Waltham, Massachusetts, 
uh, where Bob had just finished a master's program in music composition, had been hoping to get a job, couldn't find anything anywhere, and we were there in Waltham, stuck with no money, no prospects. We really didn't know what we were going to do. And we got a call from our friend, especially Bob's friend, Tom Grove, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He was an old Pennsylvania college mate of Bob's. And he called and said, we're coming down to Pennsylvania to visit my folks, and we thought we'd just stop by there in Waltham and spend an overnight with you. And so we were really looking forward to it because Tom was one of these guys that always made things interesting. <laughs> he always had something to do, always had plans and things. So they got there, and of course Bob was telling Tom about the state of things and how we were really at our wit's end about what we were going to do. And Tom said, well, you have nothing to lose. Why don't you come back to Pennsylvania with me? You can go visit Winnie's folks, and, and I'll visit mine, and, and then when you're ready, we can just go back. You don't have any reason to stay here. And so we did. We packed our three kids in the, in the Volkswagen bus with Tom and Beverly in there, too, and had a great time the whole way down and visited Tom's folks in Lock Haven and then on down to Johnstown where he dropped us off. He said, I'll be back for you in two weeks. Hmm. Well, things started to happen. Back in Johnstown, where Bob had lots of contacts, that's where we both grew up. Um, and the first thing you know, Bob had landed a job at the University of Pittsburgh of Johnstown uh, teaching music. And, um, and I was able to get a job teaching school in the public schools mm -hmm. in just the two weeks that we were there. And so Bob went back to Waltham and packed up and came back, and it just that that move changed our lives forever. From then on, we always had uh, income and uh, stable work and everything, and and um, it was all because Tom Grove. Bob stayed in touch with Tom Grove even after he moved to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and Tom came down and invited us to go with them, and it totally changed our lives. So. As I say, stay in touch with friends. For one thing, makes a good story. Their lives are always a good story. <laughs> and they're fun to talk to when you can remember things that you did together that were so much fun. And, and what's more, you never know when one might turn up just when you need it. Yeah, I love that. I love how you say that your friends are stories. They are. Yeah. Yes. Because this is what we do here in the podcast to share people's stories and a lot of it is sitting with people that I have a relationship with in some way and hearing some of their story. Yeah, so, they are. Yeah. Their lives are stories. Their lives are stories. <clears throat> and yes, those are some very wise words from my own grandmother to keep your friends close and their lives are stories. You can listen to all of her life lessons over at episode number 47. And one of my dear friends is Dante Poleo, and I love Dante. We got to sit with him on episode 43. We go way back to college. We were both dancers together in college at University of the Arts in Philadelphia, and we reconnected in the city, uh, I don't remember how many years ago, 13 years ago, maybe more, I don't even remember, but he shares a little bit about the life as a dancer. So let's go ahead and sit. Oh, let's go ahead and sit with Dante. 
And what, like, can you just paint a picture for people who don't really know about what that life looks like? Um, living in New York City mm-hmm. um, as a dancer, as a choreographer, like what else was like as a thought? waiter, as, as a, a guy who yeah. walks dogs, <laughs> as a guy who does Postmates. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I was like, uh, we performed at the Joyce, and I was like on the cover of the art section of the New York Times. Like there was my picture. You know, I was like yeah. huge. It was also the same day Verizon called and was like, if you don't pay your bill today, you're losing all your service. I was like, how could I have made it yeah. but not be able to pay a bill? Um, yeah. Did you get, say, did you see, did you see the, the R section? cover of the New York Times? That was me. <laughs> so can I get another 24 hours, please? I got to sell these newspapers. Paper for sale. So you have to have a bunch of gigs. You know, we wait, you wait tables, you collect unemployment. Um, I walked dogs, you know, I did all those things yeah. and just to make sure I go, go dance, go, go dancing made a lot of my money for a long time. Yes. And I, I enjoyed that. it. So it worked out well that I got to do that and dance the night away and yeah, <laughs> that sounds so cheesy, but I did <laughs> like four or five in the morning. It was yeah. great. And I'd get up the next day and I'd go to rehearsal and it was, it seemed fine at the time. Yeah. You know. It seemed fine at the time. And then was there a time where you're like, maybe this isn't fine anymore? Or are you still waiting for that day? (laughs) I am still (laughs) go-go dancing. (laughs) I am a professor at a university. I'm still (laughs) go-go dancing. Yeah, I just got got tired. Yeah, I got tired of the hustle. Like At the time, I was walking dogs. And, you know, the company was about to take like a six-month hiatus. And I was like... I can't do this anymore. Like yeah. I'm tired and it was winter and you know, the winter just sucks. I hate winter always. Yeah. Um, and you know, winter in New York can be so cold and gray for so long and I just couldn't deal. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. I want to figure something else out. So I looked at grad school. And, yeah. And I was like, and then I remember like that last winter was so awful. I was just so bitter and so angry at everything and everyone. I was, and so I was walking dogs and I remember I like, yelled at this one dog. I was like, what is wrong with you? Let's go. And like, I grabbed him by the scruff of his mm-hmm. neck and like, I got caught on the nanny cam doing it. I remember you doing yeah, that. Yeah, I got caught on yeah. the nanny cam doing that. And so the owner of the dog place called me and he was like, this is, you know, he's like, we just saw this. I was like, yep. I was like, I'm, and I told the guy, I was like, I am really sorry. I was like, I am in a really bad place. I was like, these are all the things that are happening in my life. I really did that and I'm really sorry. I was like, I was like, here's my resignation. I was like, I am really sorry. Tell the woman, you know, and, and like that day, I think my stepdad had just gotten out of the hospital from having a heart attack mm-hmm. and Lane's dad had a heart attack like the night before or something. Yeah, yeah. My, sorry, my partner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like this really <sighs> awful night and day. And then I was hungry and it was hot and I was stuck in an elevator. And it's so like all these things happened. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, I'm not okay. Like, it's just not good and I can't be here anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, why? This isn't who I am and this is not who I want to be. So how can I, how can I just take a step forward or step a step outside of this and be like, okay, what are my priorities? What do I want to do? How do I do this? So I went to a career counselor and they told and me. Sorry. Okay. But yeah, was so this was like, an, you feel like it was more like a gradual buildup and then you had this day mm-hmm. that was just 
highlighting it basically yeah. so that's what it looked like yeah. and then you just said okay what something's got to give something yeah. has to change yeah i can't do this okay and then you went to a career. oh yeah career counselor and he said i could be a safety a security guard um or a landscape architect what <laughs> i don't think you told me that. yeah like you know you do like the meyer briggs and a yeah. strong interest list <laughs> came you... you should be a security guard or a landscape architect <laughs> I know you. I I don't see. I love you. I don't see either. I don't see either. But, I, but so I was spending the summer with my sister. So now I did all that. The summer came. Mm. I was in San Francisco, and I got the results back. I was like, okay, landscape architect, I can do this. I just saw the plants outside there. Yeah. <laughs> so I have plants outside and they're really close to dead. So, yeah. <laughs> to be fair to be fair to me, I've been gone four months and they still live this long. <laughs> so I think I've got the yeah. magic touch. Okay, you do. You have the Midas touch for the plants. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, I was doing my sister's garden at the time, which okay. meant I bought like six plants. I put them around her little patio and I bought like some wood things to put on the bottom. So okay. I just like redid it. Yeah. Um, for like 150 bucks at Ikea. And I was like, oh yeah, I could be a landscape architect. I can design cities around a park because I just did this little patio. So obviously, like, the jump from here to there is... Uh, oh yeah, anybody. Yeah, I, not any, anybody can do this, but, but I Not anybody this. can do yeah. this. So I could totally do this. Yeah. So I started looking up landscape architect, like courses that you do. Oh my God. And, oh, yeah. I actually did not know oh, this. Oh yeah. And I'm like looking at these courses, I was like, this looks hard like you know like <laughs> landscape engineering and like all these like science courses I was like oh no girl no it's so not something you can do so you chose security guard so I chose security guard <laughs> and here we are here we are today the space in between me and my rent-a-cop outfit and my segue uh, and you are not a go-go <laughs> dance cop <laughs> uh-huh okay yeah. Okay, so then where, so what, okay, so there were these two choices that this amazing counselor gave you, and mm -hmm. then, so what happened next? Well, when I started looking at, like, uh, going back to school for landscape architecture, yeah. uh, I was like, well, I would want to learn more about this and this, so I started looking at dance stuff, I was like, oh, I want to learn about, like, costume making and lighting, and, like, I want to learn more about what I do, yeah. and there was another moment where I was like, Oh, I love this. Like, I love what it is that I already do. Mm. Um, and then I was talking to another counselor, and we were talking about my, what I wanted to do before any of this, mm. before I started dancing, and that was psychology. Okay. And I was like, okay, so what drew me to that? I was like, oh, the transformation, like the ability to look at who you are and then transform yourself. Mm. And I've liked that since I was a little kid, apparently. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, what about dance does that for you? I was like, Oh, dance did that for me. Mm. Like dance transformed me. Like I was depressed and I was unhappy and I had long hair and I was overweight and I started dancing and like everything started to make sense. Yeah. And it was because of those teachers that that whole my whole life shifted. So I was like, oh, teaching dance would be that psychological outlet that I had originally. Okay. Um, so I started looking more and more at teaching and what that would mean. And so I started applying to gigs, but you know, it's like you can't. They're like, yeah, you've had the career, but I can't let you in here without a master's degree. Yeah. So I was like, cool. So I went back to school, got my MFA, and that kind of set me off to this, this place now. 
And this place now, as of October 28th, is that Dante Paleo is the artistic director of the Jose Limon Dance Company. I am so very proud of him and all of the work that he did, all of the inner work, all of the outer work that he did along the way. You can hear the rest of Dante's journey at episode 43. I'm taking my grandma's advice and keeping that friend of mine very dear to me, very, very close and dear to me, uh, as, as well as all of my friends that you have met along the way here today and all of the episodes, all hundred episodes. And now we're going to go over to a new friend of mine, Prem Bodhi, who I haven't even met in the flesh. We connected, we connected when I was in Barcelona in February this year. Uh, it's a long story. You'll have to listen to episode 77, but he shares a little bit about his own story of transformation and how we can kind of think about it during our times of transformation here now in the space in between. So you were this sort of very, I mean, you were very successful in what you were doing up until then. You were going, you were hot, you had this secret, and then you were violated by this person stealing your stuff. And then something within you broke. Yeah, there was like a rupture. And so what, I mean, can you just tell people a little bit about what happened next and what that looked like? And because this podcast is called The Space In Between. So it's a really, you know, people who experience that rupture. Yeah. And then kind of finding that new world. Well, like, let me, let me put it this way. Like, um, I don't know, where are my juggling balls? I usually do this with juggling balls. Um, but imagine I had two juggling balls in my hand and actually three works even better. Yeah. But for so long, I, I gripped hold of the juggling balls like this because, mm. you know, it was my philanthropic work. It was, uh, acting, talking, TED Talks, blah, 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 sporting success, ultramarathons, blah, 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 blah. And because, uh, you know, I didn't see a life without it. Like, I, I, this was what I'm meant to do on the earth. Like, I'm making the most of my life. I couldn't let go of them. And then suddenly when the balls drop, I mean, I wasn't going to let them go myself. Yeah. I was too, I'm too proud. South Africans, my God, South African man, we don't give up. We fight to the death, you know? And suddenly the balls dropped. The illusion shattered. I couldn't pick them up. I didn't have a choice. And slowly, basically from letting go, I, I became open and I became curious. And so many things then came into my life that I just trusted and and they were strange and they were different and there was a, was a whole new world. But what could be worse? Yeah. When you, um, I, I, that's funny that you use that image because I often would say when I was going through my stuff was I ha was giving things the death grip. Like there was no life for actually there was no space for life, right? It was just I was giving it like, I yes. need this, I need this, I need to do this, I need to keep going, right? There's actually no space for the life oh. and the mystery to be yes. there. We're strangling it to death. Um, but I'm yeah. curious, yeah, I'm curious to know when the balls dropped and you were, you know, that situation. <laughs> when the balls dropped, that sounds like when I had puberty. That's an interesting story <laughs> as well. You said it, I'm literally... <laughs> 
my balls dropped so late, which I, I think uh, I was so petrified about showing my willy when I was a young boy because wow. everyone else had these really hairy, big willies. And mine was so small and bald. And baldness was not cool then. Like now you could at least pretend that you shaved it because people are into shaving. <laughs> All right. I wasn't going to go there, but, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I was literally taking your words and, yeah, I'm re sorry. and reflecting them back. No, I love it because you're, you're kind of being your dad again. <laughs> Dios mio. Oh, I love it. I love it. The big reveal. Bodhi is his father. <laughs> um, okay. So when when things happened, when you were you were the your stuff was stolen and you were basically being forced to go into this new world, how did you feel like was there a moment of feeling grateful, like fuck yeah, I don't have to, you know, continue doing this life? Like did you see the gift in it right away or was it a process? Like what did that feel like, um, if you remember? I mean, overall, a great sense of of um, of relief that I no longer had to pretend. Yeah. Um, but of course, I think one of the things that um, has become programmed in humans, and certainly in me, was that 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 the sense of unknown. Um, is is scary, and I would probably say that one of the biggest changes that I can look back at now is that um, the sense of known and control is total bullshit anyway. Like it's just like it's just an illusion, and the sense of unknown and change is constant. And and I and and. Being in Barcelona and teaching every day as the sun rises, the sun rises at a different time every day. The sky is never the same. It's it's always different. The sea is never the same. It's always different. You realize that this unknown is always. And um, But in that moment when the balls dropped. We're <laughs> <laughs> like little kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so childish. But this is also important like, to, to, to you know, yeah, find the humor. To, to, to have fun, to have fun, yeah. really. Um, yeah, today's class was all about having fun and being and, and feeling love. And uh, we danced to Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Yes. We had to like, I want to feel the heat with somebody. <laughs> I'm going to dance with him at some point in this lifetime. Bodhi, thank you so much. That was such a great time. That was episode 77. You can hear the entire Prem Bodhi story over there. And I think the, especially the last two guests, yeah, Dante, an old dear friend, and Bodhi, a new dear friend, brought a lot of lightness, a lot of joy and laughter into their storytelling in this space in between, even finding, as Bodhi said, having fun in that space. And that is my hope for all of us here is that even though there might be anxiety, maybe there isn't clarity in the unknowing yet. As Jillian said, finding clarity in the unknowing. 
maybe we are just finding our way through day to day, moment to moment during these times of uncertainty. Uh, but my hope is that you and we can find laughter, joy, gratitude, confidence, and connection through it all. That is our nomad mission. That has been our nomad mission these past six years, these hundred episodes, and and moving up forward and beyond, as I say. Uh, and so I thought that it would be really nice way to end our hundredth episode to bring it back to where our first episode began. And that was sort of, you know, honestly, that was this great surprise. You know, I knew I needed to build community, but I was kind of like, I don't have a yoga studio. I don't have a location. I mean, people still ask, like, where's Nomad? Yes. I'm like, always at home, wherever you are. Where is this place they call home? Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's you know, I, I really didn't want to do the studio thing again. And your evidence of it, I mean, and when you say community, that, like, warms my heart because there's not one place. You know, you came to the summer solstice, which is very Hudson Valley community, yoga mm -hmm, community. Mm -hmm. You went to Bali. We created our own little tribe in Bali with mm -hmm. even my little 85-year-old grandmother at the time, right? She's great. <laughs> um, she was part of our tribe and, like, a couple of other students from this area, you know. And then you've also been part of, like, the nomad tribe at West Point, you know, mm -hmm. the, the community that we're creating there with the yoga club there. And so it's it's cool because, yeah, you are – we have community, but it's not this one community where you're going to see the same people every time. Right. You go – there's so many facets to nomad and – and you can like go over to this and you know, you're going to go to Belize and we're going to have our own little tribe there. Mm -hmm. And I, it's just, I love having that time and space where we can really connect with people. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that time and space might be over, but you're still connected and we can come back together. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. There's something really cool and special that I really didn't have that intention. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess he did with the retreats, but he didn't realize like what we were like the bigger, right. broader stroke of it. So that's been cool. <laughs> I think people are able to really be themselves and they share when they want to share. They, you know, they sit back and listen when they want to listen and they're just able to really come from a place that's really their true self, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about Nomad being here and there, Liz is, I'm sure, bringing it to that community in North mm -hmm. Carolina. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so special. It's really, it's something, you know, out of your heart. And, you know, you had to go on your path prior to this to manifest this beautiful thing and I think we all have something beautiful you know within us mm -hmm. are we just are we willing are we open can we be vulnerable yes the surrender I mean yeah one of our little mantras that we've already said is you know my mantra this whole process is set intention, let go of expectation, right? Doing the practice and letting go of any sort of outcome or, you know, results. And I 
think that that's kind of who our tribe is, is people that are able, I mean, this is anybody, anybody can, it can set an intention, let go of expectation and be, but be open and vulnerable is freaking scary. Oh, totally. <laughs> but what I really, why I think it works is because we create that safety for all of us, you know, that safe container of time and space. And, and I, it's been really magical to be able to create time and space for, for that openness and vulnerability, but it isn't a physical location. You know, I mm -hmm. think people like for me, like I love to be in my apartment, you know, I love to be in my home, which we're sitting in right now, yes. but like we can really create that wherever we are. We can create that with people and community and the energy and, um, it's, yeah, that's been a uh, really unexpected surprise for me too to, to be able to witness it and, you know, be a part of it, but also you all are creating it. And I love that I'm co-creating with all of you guys. It's not like Phoebe Miller, founder of Nomad, she does these things and da, 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 da. Like, yeah, I have this vision, but I don't even know what it is sometimes. I'm really letting it go with the flow and you flow into my life. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. And we're going to create this whole awesome thing with um you know the military and and teacher training which we'll share another time but it's like you know and then we have you know other you know other contributors that they have this magic here and they want to really brighten it up and mm -hmm. do something and so it's been so cool to just allow time and space for all of us to be you know these beautiful artists in a way you know like creating this beautiful community this beautiful um yeah, this beautiful like time and space for all of us, this space in between. The space in between doesn't have to be gross and scary. And no. like we're creating a really beautiful space in between of of love and trust. And um, so to bring it back full circle yes. <laughs> is this spring, um, one of our senior te nomad teachers, Juan Carlos, he, uh, he was, he came and sat, you know, he came and sat in my um, apartment and we had a meeting and he said, you know, I'm hosting a TEDx in Newburgh and I think you should be a part of this. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what I'm going to tell. He's like, you have a story. You need to share it. I was like, I don't know, whatever. And so I got nominated and, and then, and I think you all actually helped nominate me yeah. in that process. So that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so then the whole process, I went through this whole process of, you know, going through, you know, my application for whatever TEDx and everything. And then I got to do it. And I was like, what am I going to say? You know, okay. I had an idea, you know, I wanted to share my story and I wanted to share a little bit about Nomad. And, um, I thought, uh, okay, it's about the flow of life. Like, and I had been reading a lot. I was, um, I listened to Rob Bell, um, who's a, a pastor and he has a great, a great podcast. And I had seen him talk live. And one of the last talks I saw him was talking all about like life is a divine dance and, or divine, you know, the, div, um, the Trinity, you know, the whole, the, you know how the Holy Spirit yeah, the whole yeah. yeah and and like kind of the deeper meaning of that like how we just kind of take advantage of that but he was talking about this you know perichosis is is that's the word for it okay and that means to dance around and um the divine it's basically the divine dance and how everything is is in this swirl of of 
just the universe and being able to flow with the universe, mm -hmm. right? And so I was really playing with this idea and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my talk on life as a divine dance and how to flow into the, when we're in these spaces in between, right? In this rock bottom kind of moment and how you can surrender to it and see how it actually, the universe is taking you somewhere. And if we're not bumping our heads up against it, like we were just talking about a bit ago with those habitual patterns, if you just actually drop it mm -hmm. and see where the flow of life takes you, it's probably going to take you somewhere really cool, which Nomad is evidence when I did that. So I thought, okay, divine dance. Well, I'm a dancer. I've been wanting to <laughs> dance. And I was like, what the hell? Let's dance with this. So I contacted my friend Dante. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Was he what? living five blocks away? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was living in Alabama. Okay. <laughs> and I said, Dante, I am going to do a TEDx. Is there any way you could be a part of this? And he was like, absolutely. It was perfect timing. And it was just so wild. And um, he came, we actually talked on the phone. We did Skype a couple times and he had written my, he, he had read my script. Okay. And so we talked through it, like what are the images we wanted to do and all of this. It was really cool. Um, and we had danced together so much in the past and we were really connected. And so he basically came up here and we rehearsed for one day. Yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> by the way. It was awesome. And you know, if the hardest. If you haven't checked it out, you can check it out at YouTube. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Life is a divine dance. And we'll have that in the. Oh yes. Notes. In the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> podcast notes. <laughs> um, so that was just it. And that was like another moment of magic. You know, I had actually put out there on Facebook, you know, of all the places where to man start manifesting. I wrote on his <laughs> wall, like three months prior to this invitation, I was like, we need to dance together. Like he had a picture. Really? Of, I yeah. didn't hear this part. I think he had, he either had a picture of us dancing, or I think he might've had a link to his website, which okay. had a video of us dancing. It just took me down somewhere where I was like, oh my God, we used to dance together. I want to dance again. What? Are, ah. And I wrote on his wall, like we need to dance together. And then this invitation came mm. and I was like, okay, we're dancing together. So synchronicities, I have to jump <sighs> yeah. in. That means when you're feeling a synchronicity, and I'm going to share with you uh, the other day, I was yeah. with cadets from West Point, and I was talking about some synchronicities, and they're like, what does that mean? What is that word? These are <laughs> oh, they're phenomenally so smart <laughs> I know. people. They're so um, dear. But obviously, you know, West Point doesn't talk about synchronicities yeah. and that's woo-woo, right? But um, <laughs> when you feel these things, when these things that you're thinking and then they actually kind of happen, mm -hmm. that means you're on your path and you should keep <laughs> Yeah, forward. like keep following yeah, that. The yeah. signs, I mean, it's so true. Like from Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist, he says that what the universe conspires, you know, when you want something, the universe conspires. And I totally feel like that is what nomad is you know as well as my path is just mm -hmm. we're so, when you're so aligned with it you might not know exactly but if you can really set that intention there they these little synchronistic moments will happen right and you just have to follow it's like you know you walk a couple steps oh there's a little cookie oh okay let me you know like there oh there's another one and it's like leading you somewhere really cool so that's what's actually made it really easy for me with nomad because i have trusted and those you've little... recognized mm -hmm. these and you haven't just allowed them to pass you by yeah you've, you've looked at them 
I need to learn about that with my romantic relationships. (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Which will come to our letter in a bit in some way. But yeah, it's, it's so anyway, so the TEDx was that another like these little cookies to, you know, Mm. bring me to this, this manifestation of dancing again. And so I did the TEDx and, you know, I thought, okay, we need to do something more with this. And I think you and I spoke after mm-hmm. the TEDx and you were saying how you were inspired about it and you wanted to write a little bit more about mm-hmm. what you've been going through and mm-hmm. your your path. And I thought, oh, we need to do we need to do something with this. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of taking me in a whole other direction too with the dance piece of it, which I'll share as that develops. I don't want to share all my secrets today. Um, That's right. But yeah, so this podcast is, we're calling it the spaces in between and it's really showing these moments of, yeah, maybe they're rock bottom moments or they're really confusing times or whatever. It's these sharing these moments of the space in between Mm -hmm. and how with our, through our stories, how we can let go mm-hmm. of, of the expectation or of the suffering, right? Cause when we're in that, we feel like this will never end. This pain will never end. This suffering will never end. And you start to hit your head against the wall. Um, so allowing ourselves to let go of the space in between and, and showing, you know, the way out. Right. And everybody's story is different. And I really am excited. You know, I have a number of, of uh, nomads and non-nomads signed up to do a number of podcasts coming up and just sharing these moments because this is where we feel more connected, you know, to people when we are able to show our vulnerabilities and say, this is be naked. You know, this is who I am. It uh, gives the other person permission to, Mm -hmm. to show their nakedness Mm -hmm. and their vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. and not in a way like, oh yeah, I'm naked too. And I'm naked too. Like, yes, there's something so beautiful in that, but also to, for the people who are fully clothed (laughs) and they're not quite ready yet to like show their vulnerability, just to say, listen, we've all been here. Mm -hmm. We know where you're, you are. Um, and it's okay. Yeah. And you don't have to show your vulnerability yet, but know that our stories will help you. Right. Help you in your surrender. And there we have it from episode one to 100. It has been such a joy being with you all these past two years of 100 episodes in the space in between. And I'm so honored that you've been here, whether it again is your first time or your hundredth time or multiple hundred times. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you to be here. I'm grateful for all of our guests, some of our special guests that we featured here today and all of the guests that have crossed into Nomadland to share their space in between. All of you are so dear to me, so very special, and I look forward to having you there in the space in between again. We are taking a short break from the podcast just to do a little bit of revamping some things, restructuring other offerings at Nomad. I'm taking a bit of time to write my book that I've kind of sprinkled some some little seeds along the way as I've been here with you all during these 100 episodes. So I'm going to focus on that, but we will be back in the new year in 2021 with more spaces in between. I have a feeling that when we come back, we will have a lot to share because we are about to enter another big space in between collectively, or we're still in it, I guess. 
Uh, so yes, I have, we have amazing guests lined up for the next hundred episodes and I cannot wait to share them with you and be with you all again. But until then, we do have some beautiful offerings happening in Nomadland. If you want to dive into your own self-inquiry, self-discovery, self-paced online course, who are you becoming? It's my six-week journey that I've done kind of live in Zoom land, but we're now doing it as a self-paced course over at Teachable. So you can go over to Nomad Always at Home teachable.com and we have a bundle over there to include that course and our own wellness and a beginner yoga series and there will be more there too so keep checking back there continue to visit our website nomad always at home continue to check in leave a review take these next couple of months to go back and listen to some of these episodes that i shared with you today or other episodes especially if you're new or Go back and revisit some of the good ones that you you remembered stuck with you. Um, we're here for you always. And I continue along this journey of OM with you. And until then, I will see you all very soon. Namaste.